When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. From Variety, celebrating more than 115 years covering the business of entertainment, this is the Award Circuit Podcast. Remember that photo of a buff J.K. Simmons making the rounds on the internet? Everybody in the universe assumed it was for Commissioner Gordon, which then, you know, I was in Zack Snyder's movie for three minutes wearing a trench coat the entire time. It was it was really just coincidental timing of me just working out like crazy and wanting to be fit. I'm Janelle Riley. On this episode of the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast, we talk to J.K. Simmons about playing William Frawley, a.k.a. I Love Lucy's Fred Mertz, in Amazon Studios' Being the Ricardos. But first, our Awards Circuit Roundtable is back as we catch up on what we watched over the holiday and share some predictions for the Golden Globe winners and SAG Award nominations. It's all on the first 2022 edition of the Variety Awards Circuit Podcast. Stay close. Happy 2022, everyone. New year, new us. I'm Michael Schneider from Variety, along with Clayton Davis. Bah humbug. (laughs) We can still do that, right? (laughs) Yes, of course. Heading into 2022. Janelle Riley, it's new year. Here we go. Let's make it happen. Hey, Mele Kalikimaka. Mele Kalikimaka. Haole Makahikiho. And Jazz Tanke. Oh, you show off. (laughs) (laughs) Hello and happy new year. Uh, I actually got my wife uh, for Christmas, uh, got us all a family trip to Hawaii. We're going to go to Hawaii for the first time. Which island? Oh, my gosh. We're going to go to Honolulu because that was the most touristy thing to do. We've never been. So we were like, let's go somewhere that. You're not going to island hop? You're just going to one island? Yeah, we're only doing four days, actually. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Then you made the right call. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> do you know where you're staying yet? Because talk to me before you do. Uh, yes, I will talk to you. Okay. We, we, I, I, I ask you all for some advice, you Hawaii people. <laughs> Hawaii all right, people. all right. We'll, we'll, we'll do a separate podcast episode, just our Hawaii picks. So I would love that. Look yes. for that sometime in 2022. Well, Happy New Year, everyone. Question mark? <laughs> but... <laughs> Here we are, and... It's been interesting, to say yeah. the least. First off, uh, R.I.P. Betty White. Mm. I mean, that was a oh sad gosh. way to end 2021. Such a 2021 thing to do. Right, right, right on the 20, way out. Yeah. 2021 was just going to 2021 it all the way to the yeah. end. Can I, can I also say, like, a little bit of me was... Like it, the most Betty White thing to do, because obviously the big talk was that uh, her People magazine cover 
celebrating her hundredth birthday. And I said, what a Betty White thing to do if she knew she was going to. And it was like, yep, I'm the healthiest I've ever been. <laughs> Just like that was like her prank to the world <laughs> on the way out. Cause it would be very Betty White. Yeah. But, she just was 99. Well, you know, and the other funny thing is, uh, you know, Mitch Hurwitz, who is the creator of Arrested Development, who worked on Golden Girls, so knew, you know, Betty White a little bit. Uh, he's convinced that she actually fibbed her age at some point. So maybe she actually did she hit 100. She was 99. She was 100. Wow. So, which I like. I like that. I love that that would be her final act of comedy. Was oh, to, my gosh. It turns out she like, did hit 100. Like I've been 104 <laughs> students. Insert yeah. gif of Charlie Day conspiracy theory map. Exactly. Here. Yeah. This is, this is the one conspiracy theory I will get behind. I will be a Betty totally. White uh, birthday truther. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm on board for that. That's awesome. Uh, R.I.P. though. Yeah. The best. Well, I want to hear about everyone's break. I want to hear about something you watched, something you binged, something you saw over break that uh, you, you you had some homework. Uh, what would you watch? Jazz, uh, let's start with well, you. Well, I did, after Betty White passed away, I did go in and watch like, The Golden Girls, uh, season one, episode 25. That ep- The finale was like brilliant. It was making its rounds on Twitter. Um, I did, I finished Succession, which is incredible. I hope every single one of them gets a nomination come, you know, for the SAG. Um, and because I was not feeling the best, I decided to go in for, and just like that, I don't know why it was like watching a train wreck, (laughs) but I either, I was taking too much medication and laughing my pants off, um, really ended up enjoying it for some strange reason um and Janelle and I were just talking about it but landscapers Olivia Coleman is the one of the best actresses out there right she's now she's amazing she her, her range this year from the crown um the lost door and landscapers phenomenal so that's what I watched. And David Thewlis is also great in landscapers yes. even though when I hear his voice all I hear is the shame wizard from Big Mouth that's great he told me his son actually said something like dad did you voice something called the shame wizard like i guess some kids at school or something had asked him about it and david thulis had to explain to his young son who the shame wizard was that's great he's got some cred with the the school kids (laughs) although i still haven't uh shown my kids uh uh big mouth yet it's just not quite there not yeah maybe when they're 25 maybe maybe uh, Janelle, what did you watch over break? Um, I rewatched The Lost Daughter, uh, which is just such a masterpiece. And I love that I've been recommending it to so many people, but there are very certain people that I just feel would really appreciate this movie. And I have been so heartened by their feedback. Um, I got a text from a friend yesterday who said this made me believe in the power of movies again. Like, this movie makes a difference. I, you know, I've said this before. I wish this movie existed, you know, when I was... I don't want to say I'm not still in my formative years, but, you know, perhaps my my formative childbearing years. Mike, uh, I would be surprised if we weren't on the same page with this season four of Cobra Kai. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. I don't want to give away too much because I know there are some people who haven't watched the whole season yet. It's been out like three days. But the Kenny character is so wonderful and adorable and I'm torn because part of me doesn't want to watch the show because they keep doing horrible things to him but I need to watch the show because I need to make sure that Kenny's okay 
Um, oh my God, they killed Kenny. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, we're uh, my my uh, we're, my son and I are slowly uh, going through it. So oh my we, God. we haven't gone William, far enough yet. William Zapka is just a comedic genius, just a comedic genius. And uh, I don't want to give anything away if you hadn't gotten there yet. But there's a couple returning guest stars that made me extremely, extremely happy. Cobra Kai for the win. Yes. And uh, I finally, this is embarrassing, I finally watched Encanto. Mm. Oh. And? Yes. And I have had, we don't talk about Bruno, stuck in my head. It's <laughs> a, th- a thousand percent they pushed the wrong song. They, they a must, thousand they, percent. They must have not even submitted. They didn't. They didn't. No, they, they, they only submitted one. Yeah, they, Dos Ogoditas. Is the Which movie. is a lovely song, but it doesn't even compare to Bruno or the Pressure song. It's, it's just yeah. emotion, it's also it's an, it's an emotional part of the movie. They, they just, listen, that's why I always think you need to consult with like critics before submitting. Because like it was the same thing with uh, Barb and Star last year. Yep. They submitted I Love Boobies and not Edgar's Prayer. Yep, ridiculous. I I just wonder, like, all these people working on movies, someone has to, at some point, express the obvious opinion. I mean, someone maybe maybe did, but, you know. Well, there was an Oscar-winning movie that came out a few years ago, and I know that they were pushing one actor for it until word got out that everybody was focused on a different actor, and that actor went on to win the Oscar. So sometimes they don't know. It's like so weird. Quite, quite a blind item there, Janelle. But <laughs> yeah. All right, Clayton, can't, can't, can't name names. But we don't talk about Bruno. Such an earworm, though. Like, yeah. You hear it the first time, and it's like, let it go. Like, you just cannot get it out yep. of your system. And yeah. It's on the pop charts, too, I think. I think, yeah. Yeah, I think it's it number yeah. one, right? On Spotify. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, I, what I did over a break. Um, I was catching up a little bit with some shortlist uh, items um, that, because the Oscar shortlist came out before uh, we, we left. I rewatched, because I only watched it once, and I don't think I, like, was paying attention all the way through. So I rewatched the first wave, which, by the way, just makes you yeah. cry. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I've been catching up with a couple of the sh- shorts, and I saw, oh, I filled out my first BAFTA, BAFTA ballot which was British of me. And uh, I watched two shows, both Showtime, Dexter New Blood, which the finale is this week, and Yellow Jacket. Yellow Jacket. So good. (laughs) Christina Ricci. First of all, she's like my child. Hood crush and still is. She's my adulthood crush. I know. (laughs) She is giving me such Selena Kyle, Michelle Pfeiffer, vibes in the show and i am ready to move on from jessica <laughs> oh well great she has oscar isaac to, to i mean yeah to we get tra- it's, a, it's a fair uh, trade-off christina Ray, she's wonderful but i am team melanie linsky yes forever and ever I do. I, oh, my I favorite! Her. My favorite thing that came up during the break was Leonardo DiCaprio has yeah. now married both wives from Heavenly Heavenly Creatures, <laughs> which was great. Well, he didn't marry one of them, but they had sex. He did. So. Revolutionary he, he, Road. Oh my God, you're right. Sorry, I saw the Titanic meme and I saw somebody saying, yeah. that yeah, he hooked mm-hmm. up with with both the Heavenly Just Creatures, bad news ladies. For both. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, what'd you watch? Um, well, so speaking of Don't Look Up, I watched Don't Look Up. Um, and? Which we didn't, yeah. I've yeah. Been, I, I can't stop thinking about that film. Right? 
What? It really right? like it stays with you, and and you think about it so much, and and including just that powerful ending, which I guess I shouldn't spoil, but nonetheless, like that sticks with you. The whole story sticks with you. You're right. Like uh, a lot of these performances, Melly Linsky, who again, like immediately watching Yellow Jackets after watching Don't Look Up, like we're living in a Melanie Linsky world right now. And um, thank God. So so really enjoyed that. Uh, watch Tick Tick Boom. Um, Another Which great one. was a lot of fun. The music was fantastic. Okay. <laughs> I'm um, like waiting on pins and needles for his reactions after each one. Yeah, like, you know, and I'm not a I'm not a you know musical person. Never lived on the East Coast, so never really got into theater. But I really just enjoyed the 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 portrayal by Andrew Garfield. The music was fantastic. Um, you know, just the emotional beats. I, I I enjoyed that a lot. Good. Are you surprised? I don't want to say controversial. I don't know if that's the right word, but. Um, People are talking about how divisive Don't Look Up is. I have actually found, in my experience, people not in the industry, it's not divisive. People love it. Yeah, I don't I, know what I, your all experiences have been. I Yeah, I don't quite get the divisive term either. I, I, I get that some people find it that maybe it's a little too long or a little too belabored at points, but... I think the overall experience, I mean, the sign of, of a powerful film is that it stays with you. And this is something mm-hmm. that stayed with me. Yeah. So I, to, to me, I mean, that I, I, I think I, I think Adam McKay movies are just by nature divisive. Like he's just a divisive filmmaker. He doesn't appeal to the masses. I don't remember yeah. the Big Short being divisive. I really don't. But I, I could uh, be wrong. Well, Big Short was probably a, I think Big Short was probably his most uh, accessible, accessible, populist yeah. one. Vice was definitely like Vice. down the middle. Um, but like Jessica saw it and it's her favorite movie of the year. Yeah. Uh, everyone I know. I watched, I, I, I watched it yeah. three times and I, and actually, and listen, I haven't liked a lot of McKay's serious stuff. Um, obviously I love Step Brothers cause I'm a good human, but, um, when it came to this, I was, I was completely taken by it and I love Kate Blanchett in it a lot. Like she has grown on me so much since I think she had a really good year. Yeah, she, yeah. her in Nightmare Alley is, is stunning. I, but just like, I hate to, you know, do, do the whole industry versus, you know, the norms. Yeah. But um, just looking at my Facebook feed, like all my friends back in Oregon and Hawaii love Don't Look Up, yeah. you know, and I haven't heard any of this discourse that's kind of taking place on Twitter. I, I saw it through the, uh, through the Jersey, New York lens. It, it, it seemed pretty divided. Some people hated it. Yeah. Some people like thought it was a masterpiece. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's a good place to be. I think you generate passion, you generate hate. You're right. Nobody wants to make a movie that everyone's like, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, yeah, okay, it's a movie. Move on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I saw Spencer. Oh, what'd what you, did think? you think? Tell us. I would not oh. have told Mike, Mike to watch it. <laughs> it's, it's fine. Okay, but didn't you think she was great? Or actually, the whole cast. Was she great. was great, and the 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 cinematography was fantastic. Oh, the costumes, yeah. Claire yeah. Mathon, yeah, yeah. Great. I mean, it looked fantastic. Um, yeah, it it was just. <laughs> Come on, let's spare let's spare Mike from getting hated on Twitter. We're not going to do this. No. <laughs> no, 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 Mike. Have have you seen Belfast yet? I haven't yet. That's one oh, okay. that I'm, I'm waiting for the screener way. because it was it was twenty bucks and I wasn't ready. For <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> yeah, um, twenty bucks. But uh, Spencer is re- like regular people do not like Spencer, and I knew that from a mile away. Yeah. Like that was not going to be consumer friendly. But they, I don't know anyone who has anything but raves about Kristen Stewart's performance. Yeah, even if they don't she's, like the movie. She's, she's yeah. her takeaway. Yeah, yeah. 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 I find that interesting. The Brits who I know who have watched it. 
Sam and BAFTA are like they despise the film, they despise her, and I I see where they're coming from. Um, Tell them to watch the Diana musical on Netflix. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, that's turning into a cult classic. I'm ready to know what the BAFTA crowd is going to do with Spencer, because I want to know if they're going to be like, nope, can't betray our whatever she is to them. I would be shocked if Kristen Stewart wasn't nominated for BAFTA. Oh, she's going to get nominated. Okay, okay. Well, wait, wait, not for BAFTA? I don't know, because those new rules... With the jury and stuff, she could totally miss. But I think everything else, she's fine. Um, Mike, did you watch Being the Ricardos or did you miss that? I haven't had a chance to watch that one yet. God damn it, Michael. (laughs) 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 Hey, I saw... And I saw Spider Man, which I think maybe we talked about before we left. So, but I've I've seen I've seen multiple films over the course of the past couple of weeks. So Look I feel you. like mission it's accomplished. Like, it's like you're a film awards editor. <laughs> <laughs> you should apply for that job. Now, Make now back, you. now back to the TV. Now back yeah. to the TV. Um, but uh, so next week, uh, things are getting busy again. We've got the. Uh, Golden Globes. How are Golden Globes going to work if there's not journalists or or presenters? It's just, is someone going to be like tweeting out the winners? I guess maybe that's what they're going to do, right? Are nominees invited? I mean, they're not going to turn them away if they show up and nominees are going to show up. (laughs) Get out of here, Jamie Dornan. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, Jamie. We don't need you. (laughs) Would you could you host while you're here? Hang out downstairs at the bar. We'll we'll get to you after. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, no, it's gonna be it's gonna be odd. Like they're still talking about maybe streaming it uh, at the time of us recording. They haven't firmed up any live stream plans uh, or uh, you know social media plans. But I'm assuming they'll be texting or, or posting the the winners as they uh, announce them. I would like to see if the Hollywood Foreign Press members, who are members of the press, if they report on their show that they're in the room for. Yeah, at, at, at their at their respective outlets. But who knows. Do they have outlets? I was just going to say, uh, I thought the whole issue well, was... the new were... ones do. <laughs> I know that. <laughs> it's true. The new ones do. I can't speak for the others. Yeah, but not all of them are going to be in the room, too. I mean, they're keeping it very small. Like, who's actually going to be By in the choice, room? By choice, man. By active choice. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not going to be food or drink, so... Uh, I... So, wait. I, I need to know, Mike. Do you think it's a Ted Lasso night? Or you think it's going to be uh, only murders in the building? Uh, I'm just going to remind everyone Hacks also premiered last year. Yeah. They, they always go with something that isn't going to win the Emmy, though. Like the Brooklyn Nine-Nines. Like, they usually go Oh, yeah, they like, like the newer... They yeah. go they go new show. I mean, Hacks is new, so that does count. But I I, I think it could be Reservation Dogs, for all we know. Mm. It could. It could. If if they really want to make a statement, that I think that's a possibility, and, and that definitely gets them way out in front of the Emmys. So I think that's a possibility. Um, I see it as a the great audience, kind they, of. They didn't go the first time. On yeah, great. that's true. Yeah, I don't feel like there's... I mean, I I like the great a lot, uh, but I don't think there's been as much conversation or heat about season two. No. Which is a bummer. I really, I'm really loving it. Yeah, they're fantastic, both of them. So, but uh, yeah, I think if if there was to be also a a larger, noisier upset, then yeah, only murders perhaps, because um, it does. I mean, it depends. Ted Lasso, of course, is the 800 pound gorilla at this point. So that's mm. that, that could you know if if you know enough people say well it's still Ted Lasso, then that could win. But yeah, I, uh, I would. Mike, a TV question for you. When the hell is Barry coming back? 
It's been like 80 years. It's supposed to be this year. It was on that HBO Max preview that they showed on Christmas, on New Year's Day. Yeah, spring, I guess. You know, everything needs to obviously premiere before May 31st uh, for, for Emmy considerations. So I miss Barry so much. A lot of these things are happening so in spring. It's, it's going to be a busy I think, these, I think these longer gaps, by the way, are hurting shows. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like, like in a re- like significantly like hurting them. Like they, they can't keep their audience because I disengage from that long. Like it's going to probably take a miracle to get my wife to watch Barry again. Well, I think a lot of these shows, they're going to need to definitely do like some sort of recap event to remind people where things stand. And because there's a number of shows, Atlanta also coming back after several years. Right. And we all kind of yeah. remember. for. <laughs> like exactly we're gonna need a recap on that they're gonna one. be they're gonna be grown adults now we're gonna be like what are you doing here kids grown which man. is why i secretly hope that they filmed a season two of yellow jackets um and are just gonna drop it like next month well that would be the dream <laughs> those are nice things that we don't deserve <laughs> so i can't speak to that all right, so Globes out of the way, SAG nominations next week. Yeah, yeah. Just, wait, real quick, wait, real quick. Uh, yeah. Globes. We're fit, Jane Campion's going to win the Globe probably, and picture. I have no idea what they're going to do. Okay. My yeah, but That's but fine. I mean, now I hadn't even thought about it until you brought it up. But I yeah. I think that would Jane that, Jane feels that's good. Probably the way Jane, it would lean. Yeah. 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 Okay. Cool. All right. Then we're good. SAG. <laughs> <laughs> that closes Sunday. <laughs> the voting. And oh, with nominations on Wednesday morning. Yes, nominations are yep. Are, announced. Sorry, yes, announced, announced on Wednesday yeah. morning. Um, so I will say that I think uh, Coda feels good for SAG Ensemble. I'm so glad. Yeah. I'm so glad. Definitely. I actually think, and I think it's going to win. I really think it's going to win. I think it has a really good shot. And then, um, and then I think we're going to get. I think we're going to have a big snub in supporting actress. I think we're going to have a big snub in supporting actor. Uh, who's your predicted snub and supporting actor? I don't know if I want to say because it's not a final prediction. You could just say, who do you think is going to miss? Um, I'm not feeling so confident about Jamie Dornan. That's oh. he's, he's my number five. Yeah. So that, that's a good feeling. You know who I'm thinking is going to miss? Who? Supporting act Kirsten Dunst. That's my fear, yeah. but I, but I just don't see it ultimately happening because I think Power of Dog is also getting an ensemble. But they'll they'll miss SAG and get Oscar, but I just think we're going to have those misses. My concern with both of those performances, which are both excellent, is that uh, there are other what would be called quote unquote bigger performances in the same movie that are getting a lot of yeah. talk. And I think I uh, forgive me if I butcher this, Karen Hines is definitely getting nominated for Belfast. And I, I do think that, unfortunately, there's a thing where people kind of go... I checked that already. Yeah. One or the other. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I hope I'm wrong. Believe yeah. me. No, I hope it, I'm wrong. And he's so good in the movie. And I think people want to see Jamie nominated. So, But it's I'm worried. I'm worried. Good theory. And then uh, TV side, Mike, Squid Game, Squid Game, Squid Game, and one more Squid, and, Squid and Game. Succession. Succession will get Succession. its first nomination. Succession, yeah. finally. Its first nomination. And then How many uh, individual noms are you predicting for Succession? Uh, I have it in, I have two actors, uh, Brian and Jeremy. Oh, no, I have three. Brian, Jeremy, and Kieran. I think no, three. Sarah, okay. And then, oh, wait, then TV, and then drama TV. I have to look. I mean, you must uh, have Sarah. Sarah, Sarah yeah. Sarah Snook. Sarah yeah. Snook. So yeah. I have four, five, so I have five nominations. This is, uh, uh, my God, I just blinked on his real name. Tom. 
What's Matthew wrong McFadden. with me? Thank you, my favorite, yeah. Mr. Darcy. Yeah. Um, uh, this this is Matthew McFadden's year, though. I, I fear, I feel, but you know, there's just so many good actors. I th- I think Matthew wins the Emmy, but I'll, I'm curious to see what happens at SAG. You think Matthew? Oh, you think he wins the Emmy? The supporting for supporting actor? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I wish they would SAG would just do supporting categories already. I, this is really stupid. Like I really mm. like it's it's their worst thing right now. Just do supporting. But yeah, I think uh, almost all of them get get nominated. So, and then two murder guys, Martin and Short, they both make it. Yeah, you think? Uh, think Selena makes and it? And Selena, I mean, it depends how all in they are. I mean, that's the I other thing. Is it so? It's because uh, I think I think they're going to I think they're going to do their obli- obligatory Allison Janney one more time for Mom. I think they're going to do Wait. Issa. Didn't mom end last year? Or was it that did. This year? It's it's eligible though. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's in the in the window. So I think they may do her. I think they're gonna do Issa because they know better. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> Hannah, I think, is in, and Jean is in. So that leaves one spot left. And that, Hannah Waddingham. That's I said. Oh, that's Hannah. Oh, Hannah I said Hannah Waddingham. Oh yeah. No, I so, thought it Hannah. Yeah. 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 Both, yeah. both, <laughs> both Hannahs. Both Hannahs could end up. Both perhaps. Hannahs, and then there's Tracy Ellis Ross. So Selena's got a hard time. Yeah, I I think Selena gets in because uh, the voting audience is how do I say this more populous hipper. Yep. That's, yeah, that's fair. That's why she has a really good shot. I don't think she gets in yeah. at um, at Emmys though. Well, I mean, right now, depending on what it looks. Yeah, like. Uh, like that's I think right now she has a better shot at SAG. When Emmys roll around, I'll I'll see how I feel. But I don't know. I, I, actors really love that show. Yeah, especially. Yeah, I mean, it it really speaks to them. because yeah. well, it's about an actor. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> of course. And, and holding your own against Steve Martin and Martin True. Short. Yeah. Come yeah. on. And we'll have and we'll have SAG on fire with Oscar Isaac and Jessica Chastain both nominated. For scenes from a marriage. Yep. Yeah. Fire. Well, it's such an actor's movie. It's such an actor series too. Like. Yeah. That's going to be a good category drama. Uh, that miniseries actress because that's uh Chassane. Jennifer Coolidge is going to be there. I'm sure. Yeah. For White Lotus and Kate Winslet and I think Beanie Feldstein's going to get in. I still think. And Olivia get- Coleman. Mm-hmm. Could be Olivia. And then, or go with your obligatory Nicole Kidman, <laughs> Nine uh, Perfect Strangers. <laughs> Jazz, what uh, what snub are you concerned about? Or person are you worried won't make the cut? I think uh, Jared, I'm on the fence with Jared. I know a lot of people have him up there a lot, but I also feel he could miss because... He got nominated for the little things, though. He did. I always yeah. go back to that, but I'm like, yeah. at the same time, it's not... Yeah, but from that film, I think the one secure nomination maybe is Gaga. I just don't. Jared can miss too. Uh, spoiler alert: When this comes out, I pulled Gaga from my best actress lineup. Oh, uh, did you? Somebody else did too. I saw another big pundit push her yeah. to six. I think I I don't know if that's a sure thing anymore. I still think she can win. She so. could. No, she totally yeah, could. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen, that category is, I do not, even though Kristen Stewart is plowing right now with critics awards, I don't think that's preordained. And I, I still think Nicole Kidman could win and that movie's getting beat up also. So is she plowing? Because I, I felt like Olivia Coleman picked some up. Oh, no, no. nothing. Oh no. I think Olivia could, here's the thing. I think Olivia could sneak in and just take it. I would not be upset and I would not be surprised if Olivia just comes in and, 
And I don't disagree. I think it's a three-way race right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I haven't updated this uh, in the last day, but Kristen Stewart has 16 wins. Alana Hyam has three. Chastain, <gasps> Ch- Chastain has two. Tessa Thompson has two. You know, just get Alana Hyam nominated and we'll go from there because... She could win, too. She's... I, I think she could do it, too. She's fantastic. I think she's going to win Globe. I'm trying to think who she's up against. I Z- think could Zegler? Be right. Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a yeah. tough one, but she might beat her. Yeah. Uh, Nicholas Cage, second in wins with four. Good for him. Look at him. Yeah. That's what happens when you're on a podcast with Janelle Riley. You get yeah. two wins. <laughs> And you make some yes, news. Yes, I, I made that. You that made man. that happen. Yeah. You mean 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 thespian uh, Nicholas Cage? <laughs> thespian boy, people really had a strong response to that. Yeah, can I also say yeah. he looks fantastic? He uh, when when I saw him in person, and I haven't seen him in person in like ten years, I was like. He looks, looks really good, good. good really him. healthy, like stylish suit. Like, I'm like yeah. right, Cage. He's, yeah, he's, no. he's got that Clayton Davis beard game going. <laughs> no, no. He, he had a really good beard, though. Yeah. I'm very I'm very particular with people with beards, but I was like, all right. It was a well-groomed beard. He's got a swagger. Yeah. Love it. I mean, he's Nicolas Cage. And, oh, by the way, uh, Jane Campion, 20 wins this season. The only other director that's won more than one, and they've won two, is Denny Villeneuve. Wow. wow. Jane Campion is steamrolled. I mean, good for her. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. All right, gang. Well, on that note, I think we on move note, on. No more, to... no more Michael Schneider. Michael, watch <laughs> movies. Michael, can I ask you one question? Yes. Do you think <laughs> Squid Game gets individual acting nominations or just ensemble? Um, That's a good question. I think maybe one. Mm-hmm. Uh, individual, but but I think probably the focus will be more on ensemble. I mean, it, it's it's a crowded it's a crowded space. I mean, we just you know mentioned a ton of names, and there there are a ton more names that we haven't mentioned. Uh, we were talking about Succession. We didn't mention uh, J. Smith Cameron, who also, I mean, Jerry. I mean, th- th- it could be like a full Succession sweep, and that pushes I out a totally lot of think shows. J. Cameron Smith is getting in. Yeah. Yeah. So did I say her name right? Is it Smith Cameron? Jay Smith Cameron, yeah. Yeah, Smith, sorry, Smith sorry, Cam- I knew you, better. Wait, did you say Smith Cameron or Cameron? Uh, whatever. I thought he you said, said it right. She said Cameron Smith. Oh, no, Smith I, Cameron. I, I, oh, I my heard God. it correctly It's Smith anyway. Cameron, my, my bad, it's my bad. It's Smith yeah. Cameron, you said it correctly. Yeah. All right, on that note. I love Jay you, Michael Smith Schneider. Cameron, we love you. Wait, We're here what? too, Clayton, but that's cool. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love you girls so much. Mm, too little, too late. <laughs> okay. All right, well, we'll get to the, the interviews and we'll see you all next week. After the break, being the Ricardo's star, J.K. Simmons. From Los Angeles, this is Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And we're back. It's the Awards Circuit Podcast. I'm Janelle Riley. 
From director Aaron Sorkin, Being the Ricardos chronicles a pivotal week in the life and marriage of Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz. J.K. Simmons plays William Frawley, who starred on I Love Lucy as neighbor Fred Mertz and was friends with both in real life. Nina Arianda rounds out the cast as Vivian Vance, who plays Fred's wife, Ethel. In real life, and as depicted in the film, Frawley and Vance couldn't really stand each other. For the love of God, old man, this isn't hard. Rusty Hamer plays Rusty Williams on the Danny Thomas show. He's in second grade, and they made him sign a loyalty oath when he signed his contract, which I think is ugly. I don't know why this is tripping you up. It wasn't confusing. There's no such thing as the Danny Thomas show. It's called Make Room for Daddy. Don't tell me comedy. And if little Rusty is a communist, then I'm going to beat the shit out of a seven-year-old kid. I have no problem with that. I'm done. When Being the Ricardos was announced, Simmons seemed like slam-dunk casting. But as he points out, he doesn't really look that much like Bill Frawley. Nonetheless, Simmons recently told me that he tried to inhabit his body in a different way that channels Frawley a little bit more. Simmons also talked about working the awards gauntlet before, when he won pretty much every award possible for playing the abusive music teacher in 2014's Whiplash. He says he did his best to enjoy the time and took advantage of the platform he was given. The busy actor also touches on returning to the role of J. Jonah Jameson in Spider-Man No Way Home. I began by asking Simmons if he had ever worked with Aaron Sorkin before, as they seem a natural fit. My first Broadway play, I was a replacement understudy in A Few Good Men. No way, for what role? For the doctor, who does not exist in the movie. Oh, he doesn't? And for the colonel, uh, a.k.a. the Nicholson role, um, and of course, any of us who were involved in the play, you know, acknowledge that it's a very, very good film. But of course, you know, we all think the play's the thing. And uh, uh, yeah, it was, it, it remains to this day, maybe the best uh, role uh I've ever, ever had a television film uh, stage. Uh, It it was an absolute genius piece of writing. And of course, at this point, you know, Aaron was just some kid from Scarsdale who, you know, miraculously got a play on Broadway. Um, And by the time I joined, you know, the play was already a hit. They were already on, uh, you know, their, their second, you know, pair of leads. And uh, uh, I, I, was understudying Ron Perlman, who was great oh, as, wow. uh, as the Colonel. And, uh, and once I, you know, had had my rehearsals with the, you know, the stage manager and the other understudies and, uh, you know, word, word was that I was going to be competent. Then, then Ron said, all right, well, I'm taking a long weekend and, you know, you're on, have a good time. And, uh, yeah, I, still, as I said, I mean, one of the great roles, first of all, in the history of, of, theater and and you know subsequently film and uh and uh yeah quite possibly the best and most most uh uh i'm 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 not aaron sorkin so i'm in a loss for adjectives uh uh but but uh, exciting thrilling gratifying genius you know brilliant character i i have uh, had the opportunity to play i have seen people do the monologue uh, by the colonel, obviously, on on many occasions, and it's always interesting because I don't know if there is a way to do it differently than the way Jack Nicholson says, you know, you can't handle the truth. Like, does it have to be yelled? Uh, having done it before the movie became 
so memorable. What, you know, how did you sort of deliver that speech? Uh, I, I honestly couldn't tell you, you know, I couldn't recreate anything that I did. All I know is that when I, when I read the play and then, and then subsequently, you know, uh, saw it, uh, you know, uh, of course, uh, you know, as the understudy uh, many, many times, but when I read the play, it, I, I've never, and again, you know, maybe never before or since had anything just jump off the page directly into my, you know, psyche and, and heart and, and understood every syllable of, of what that character was about and where he was coming from. And, and, uh, you know, whether you view him as, you know, a hundred percent bad guy or, or, or not, um, it's such a clearly uh, delineated, clearly, clearly drawn uh, character. Clear, and, and the motivations are so clear and, and precise and wonderful. And and uh, you know, and as movie audiences have learned over the years, you know, there's not a a, a syllable in in uh, Aaron's writing that isn't there for a reason. And and that was just one of those cases where I actually understood every reason for all of it. And uh, and yeah, you, you know, so, so we had that and, you know, and Aaron came, you know, he got a call, oh, this understudy's going on some, you know, some dude nobody's ever heard of. And, and he came and saw the play uh, that night and, and we had, you know, a, a wonderful time talking about it. He was very, very kind and complimentary and, and, uh, uh, you know, you'd have thunk we'd, we'd managed to work together a few yeah. times, over years, but we, we had a lot of near misses. Uh, here and there, I did do a, you know, a guest spot like everybody else in town. I did a guest spot on the West Wing, but that was after Aaron had left. And uh, um, yeah, so this was uh, this was our, our next opportunity to actually work together. And this time to, you know, he's he's Aaron Sorkin movie director now. Mm -hmm. So not just Aaron's not not. Let me see. I don't want to say just. Um, in addition to, uh, you know, Aaron Sorkin, genius screenwriter. So it took over 30 years for you guys to finally find. Something. Yeah, 31 years, you know, and uh, <laughs> hopefully it'll not be another three decades because I'm, I'm going to be slightly aged by then. You know, they're bringing back a lot of these like live performances of shows. It's mostly been musicals, but I really think they need to be doing plays. And I know Aaron Sorkin loves revisiting his old stuff and restaging it. I am all for, you're giving me this look because you know where this is going. <laughs> well, well, for, for two reasons, because A, this does not happen often. I disagree with you. I think plays belong in the theater. And I think watching, you know, a staged play or musical, uh, you know, on, on any size screen is just, uh, you know, not for me. Uh, you know, it's just a, a you know personal a choice, personal opinion, taste. Um, but you know, I spent I had a twenty year career doing nothing but theater, and uh, somehow transitioned to a you know whatever twenty some year uh, career that's that's been exclusively screen now. And uh, um, not that I, I I do hope to go back to the theater at some point, the theater. Um, but they're just very different animals to me. And, and, uh, uh, you know, I know a lot of people have really enjoyed some of the, as you were talking about some of the, the, you know, the, the live, uh, 
televised uh, musicals and things, and I certainly see the appeal in that, but uh, but it just ain't for me. <laughs> I might be riding a high because I just saw West Side Story, and I was so impressed with how, like, I guess it's not well, a secret. Go ahead. I'm sorry. That, you know, now that's a movie musical. I mean, and, and there, and, you enough. know, but, you know, but, but to see, uh, and, and I've heard wonderful things about it too. And I, and I, and I am excited to actually see it. And the original West Side Story, you know, obviously very much in and of its time. Um, and we've, you know, audiences view it differently. Now I try to view things in and of their time, you know, uh, as they were, um, but yeah, I mean, you know, singing in the rain. I mean, uh, you know, La La Land, uh, Chicago. You know, I, I I love a good movie musical that is conceived as a movie musical, um, uh, but not filming not, something on stage. Yeah, I'm just. I uh, understand yeah, that. and again, personally, yeah. I'm just not a, not a big fan of that. But, I, but yeah, I, that I that I'm not so sure. I disagree with. I think you 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 might be right about that. Now, you know, I don't know. Um, Martin McDonough is one of my favorite playwrights, and obviously oh, one too. of my favorite screen. Oh my god! So you know, he has said he will never adapt one of his plays into a film. No, I mean yeah. they're they're yeah, and, and God love him. I mean because yeah. we've seen uh, uh, you know three of his plays. I think in the in the you know before COVID, obviously right. in the last few years, and uh, and obviously seen his films as well. And he gets both media, uh, you know. And, uh, and yeah, uh, yeah. listen, I'd, I'd love to work with him in either, in either medium. Um, uh, cause I think he's, yeah, I think he's very specific, uh, to whatever medium it is that he's, that he's working in. Not unlike Aaron. That's exactly what he says. He's like, I write for one medium and that's, that's where I want the story to exist, but yeah. I'm still working on that pillow man, uh, movie adaptation still pushing for that <laughs> actually not sure that is a good idea now that I think about it <laughs> so uh it's so funny to me because when people talked about the casting of being the Ricardos when they hear you're in it they say oh is he playing William Frawley and I'm like yeah and everyone's like that's perfect I mean people love this casting right out of the gate had you ever been told that you resembled him or had his spirit or anything like I that you know what? Uh, considering that I'm a you know a blue-eyed, bald, white guy of <laughs> almost the exact right age, it's remarkable how little we look alike. You know, <laughs> if you if you take you know an eight by ten of of his, I mean our 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 faces, I mean the nose is kind of in the middle, you know, but I mean otherwise we really don't look that much alike, and 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 our the way we carry ourselves is very different as well too. So, you know, obviously that was. Uh, uh, um, part of my challenge, you know, was to try and sort of inhabit my body in a different way that, uh, that, uh, that channels Bill Frawley a little bit more. Um, but yeah, there is also that opposite side of the coin that's, that's, you know, sort of, oh, is he playing Bill? Well, of course I am. Who else, who else am I going to be playing? I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not playing Vivian Bantz. I'm not, uh, they're not going to, you know, they're not going to not hire Javier Bardem to play Desi Arnaz and, you know, slap a wig on me and have me, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it was it was a, a sort of combination of kind of, uh, you know, I mean, I'm trying to think about how to joke about it appropriately. And, I, and I'm not coming up with a good way. So um, <laughs> let's just say it was uh, in many ways an intimidating 
kind of challenge. And only because it was Aaron, uh, I, I sort of overcame my, my general uh, distaste for, for biopics as a, as a genre. And um, uh, because Aaron obviously does very different things with, you know, what people will call a biopic. Um, and uh, uh, after conversations with him sort of allaying my fears and reading the script, which of course, as we all know, is sheer genius. Uh, it was, a, it was a, an easy, not easy, it was a, a clear choice to uh, jump on board. I have found, and I'm trying to think of exceptions, but none are springing to mind. The only biopics that work for me aren't the ones that try to cover an entire life. They're the ones that focus on a very specific incident, like being the Ricardos, like, like he did with Steve Jobs, yeah. you know, taking these four points in Steve Jobs' life, uh, or something like Spencer, which is out right now, which focuses on like one weekend. Um, and I thought that what he did was genius because it is set, you know, in this critical week in their lives, but you also have these moments to kind of see how they got there. And I just, I, I'm, I'm not saying anything that anyone doesn't know, but I just think Aaron Sorkin is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and one of the things that, you know, people talk, you know, uh, always about his intellect and, and his dialogue, uh, both of which are incredible, but, but it's his, uh, his sense of, of structure, you know, is, is as important as his, as his great ear for dialogue and his, and his, his heart is as important as his mind in his writing. The second time I saw it, you know, because I know you guessed it on Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I feel like you might get this. And that was <laughs> one of the best guest appearances ever. There's a joke from very early in the season or very early in the, in the show where um, Captain Holt, Andre Brower's character, says his favorite movie is Moneyball. And it cuts to him at a theater with tears streaming down his face. And he's like, <laughs> the statistical analysis it's so beautiful. <laughs> and that was me the second time because, you know, the first time I was just appreciating, I was just enjoying it. Second time, the structure of this movie is just so brilliant that I, I full on became Captain Holt in that theater. Yeah. Nice. Nice analogy. <laughs> the structure. <laughs> that poor person sitting next to me. I feel so bad for them. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so were you uh, an I Love Lucy fan? Did you know much about them? Yeah, I mean, it, it was, and of course, I'm, you know, I was the closest to anybody in the cast or maybe anybody on the set, you know. Uh, I was born three years after our, you know, one week is set. Um, but I was alive in the 50s, unlike most of the cast. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it was at my grandparents' house, my mother's parents' house. Uh, and or at at, uh, at our house when when I Love Lucy was on the the TV was on and we were watching it and of course when I was you know a smallish kid I didn't really get what was going on except that it was kind of lively and fun and funny and uh, and and you know now having done this and talking about it a bit you know I, I do look back and I, and I and I there was I I was obviously you know an old bald guy waiting to happen, you know, even when I was a kid, because I, I, I kind of did identify with uh, Fred Mertz. Really? I mean, of the four, I think I would have too. Right? Yeah. If those Is are my it? options. 
<laughs> He's a very identifiable kind of a guy. <laughs> I think I was a misanthrope even as a kid. So, <laughs> Right. <laughs> yeah. um, I do want to talk about like the, the physical transformation, though, because I don't want to assume anything, but it looks like maybe you're padded. But like also the way that you walk, the way he carries himself. I know he struggled with alcoholism. There's so many little things. Did Where did you even begin? I mean, does it start with exterior things or interior things? Uh, well, it, I mean, first of all, it always comes off the page, but, but uh, 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 you know, and especially with Sorkin. But this is a different animal, you know, uh, because, because I am playing an actual guy. Um, so I, I, I did feel, you know, the, uh, the obligation to, uh, to get, you know, not a, not an impression, uh, not a spot on, you know, look and sound like, you know, which, which Aaron kept telling us he wasn't looking for. It's a painting, he said, not a photograph. Um, but, but yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to depict the guy as well as I could. And, and we all have those friends who are like, oh my God, I love Lucy is, you know, the best thing in the history of, you know, pop culture. And uh, uh, one of my friends, a, a casting director here in New York, Alan Filderman, was was among the first to, you know, freak out when it was announced, you know, when it was in the trades that I was playing. And and uh, and he uh, said, you got to come over to my house and look at it. He's got, you know, nine books about Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz and a biography of Vivian Vance and all that. And, you know, take whatever you want and, and uh, and I found through through him, through uh, you know, through Aaron, through the production, through my own research that, and it actually ended up being a kind of a good thing, kind of a freeing thing for me. There's very little about uh, Bill Frawley in 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 books. In, in the, I, I was I didn't find anything on film of him other than. I love Lucy and, and his films, you know, there's no like, Oh, Bill Frawley on the tonight show or Bill, you know, he was, uh, he was kind of a reluctant participant in show business in a way, not unlike myself, <laughs> another way in which is not a stretch, you know, um, um, he just showed up and did his job. And then, and then in his case, you know, if he wasn't doing his job, you know, he was at a ball game or, or at a, at a race horse race track or, you know, a bar and uh, and kind of kept to himself and you know had had a, a brief marriage when he was a young man and, and doing with his vaudeville partner and and uh, you know didn't have kids so there was there was no uh, or, or much less of a uh, of a, an off camera legacy uh, for the guy to uh, to to find as as I was researching but to get back to maybe kind of semi answering your question. Um, uh, yeah, the physicality was, was uh, a, a very big part of it. And and we did do some things with look, Susan Lyle and I, the, the costume designer, the wonderful oh. costume designer uh, went back and forth about whether to do any padding at all um, because it was, you know, about a year into, uh, into the pandemic, uh, uh, I was already a little more padded than I had been for, you know, the tomorrow war. Um, I've been kind of relaxing. So, uh, um, but, but as I, as I watched, uh, uh, you know, looked at photos of him and, and watched uh, episodes of the show, I thought it's, it's not, 
you know, he wasn't a fat guy. Mm-hmm. He, he wasn't really, he was just kind of a, a, a pear shaped yeah. guy, you know? Yeah. Um, and again, the, the way we, our, our physicalities are very different, but anyway, we, we came up with a, with a, a nice version of a, of a, a subtle, I think, uh, amount of padding that wasn't like the usual sort of t-shirt stuffed with foam, you know, um, that was more of a, uh, uh, you know, south of the border kind of padding because, you know, between him carrying his weight kind of low and the high-waisted pants of the, of the period, you know, it was, it was, a uh, you know, it was a little bit of a maternity kind of a look to, uh, to the way he, uh, he dressed and carried himself. Yeah, I only really noticed because I think we see him sitting down a lot of the time. Yeah. There's the, you know, a scene near the end where you see him in a full shot for the first time. And I was like, oh my God, they got his shape. Like well, and, yeah, and, that was, shape. and of course, that's one of the things that, you know, all the way through the, you know, pre-production of the shoot, you know, where we, you know, we we got it down and refined it. And then by the time cameras were rolling, we felt like we had it. But then yeah, I had the same experience watching the film for the first time, I was like, oh, wait a minute, it's, you know, we're into the third act before we actually, you know, get a really good shot of, you know, kind of uh, head to toe, uh, William Frawley. So, uh, um, but, but, you know, but obviously it, 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 uh, uh, you know, that kind of work, that kind of physicality, how does the guy cross the room? How does the guy stand? How does he sit? And yes, it was. And actually back to my friend, Alan, um, he was one of the first ones. Just, I didn't know anything about Bill Frawley off camera. I didn't know he was a drinker. I didn't know anything, you know. And he said, he said, well, you got to watch the show because because he, his hands, you know, shook. He had he had difficulty, you know, stopping his hands from shaking sometimes. So if his hands aren't in his pockets or on his hips or folded in front of him, then then you know. He's holding them together. You know, you will rarely see him, you know, sort of making himself vulnerable to seeing those shaky hands. So I, I did find a few spots, uh, a few little scenes to, uh, uh, you know, for those people like my pal, Alan, right. who are going to be watching the movie and going, oh, his hand shook. You know, <laughs> I, I did find a, a few of those moments. And then and then the rest of the time, that was a part of uh, of uh of his physicality was that he, he is, uh, you know, sort of holding literally physically holding himself together. Mm-hmm. I also, cause like the last time I remember a photo of you going around the internet, you got really buff, I think for commissioner Gordon. Um, and it's funny if you, if you type your name into Google, you know, the first thing that comes up is JK Simmons jacked. <laughs> Well, that's lovely. <laughs> right. and, and and I love that everybody in the universe assumed it was for Commissioner Gordon, which then, you know, I was in Zack Snyder's movie for three minutes wearing a trench coat the entire time. It was it was really it was just coincidental timing of, you know, me just, you know, working out like crazy and, and you know, wanting to be fit. And my pal Aaron Williamson, you know, saying, hey, do you mind if I put this up on whatever he put it up on Snapchat or whatever? So. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you listen, don't, you I, don't do I, I have no complaints. I have no complaints that 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 that's the photo you see when you Google me. And uh, and now that I'm doing, you know, Commissioner Gordon again, yeah. I'm, uh, you know, coincidentally, purely coincidentally, again, I'm sort of, you know, trying to emerge from my my COVID sloth and, uh, you know, getting back into shape. 
I always thought it was weird. Yeah. I, I, and I just repeated, you know, this, this misinformation, but people were saying it was for commissioner Gordon and that never made sense to me because yeah. he's, he's not a buff guy, really. It had nothing to do with that. I was actually, <laughs> we had recently finished uh, my wife's film. Uh, uh, I'm not here, which yes. I still wear the cap for, uh, for which I had basically become, you know, healthy still but right. you know emaciated looking um and uh and i was just just kind of getting back into the gym kind of trying to put on some muscle again uh, uh you know after having sort of you know not starved myself i didn't do anything stupid but but i did get you know very very thin for for that movie so mm-hmm. um so so that was really the the main motivation of why why i had the santa claus beard my friend's uh, my friend Dan's son uh, Zach Erickson who was is is credited with having invented the the, the uh, label for that photo, Shredded Santa. <laughs> well, since I saw I'm not here, and I know that young that Sebastian Stan plays the young you. Uh huh. I think of I think of it as the shredded older Sebastian Stan. Oh, there you go. Okay. All right. <laughs> Um, one of the other things that was so much fun finally seeing this movie with the crowd was I know that there were some people who were like a little skeptical about Nicole Kidman's casting, never doubted it for a second. Um, it was so fun to see like people recorrect their ideas in real time. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. No. And and it, it is beautiful thing. You know, the, the, the times that I've sat through it and look, there was, there was nobody who, no actor who was going to, you know, be cast in that role that wasn't going to have, you know, some naysayers out there going, no way, no way. She can't possibly play Luke, you know? Um, and, uh, and yeah, it, it is really fun to, uh, to watch people, as you said, you know, in the moment, correct their own misperception. You must've known being on the set and watching her and watching Javier and, and Nina, who I've loved right? since Venus and Furs. Um, you must have known that people were going to eat their words. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, to the extent that I knew anything about those words, because again, I, you know, as you know, I'm utterly clueless about show business, um, other than, you know, what I'm doing in a given day. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I knew, I knew at the read through on the roof of the parking structure, um, you know, uh, and and again, you know, obviously the focus is going to be on, uh, uh, you know, on Nicole and Javier mostly, and and then Nina and myself. But this whole cast, I mean, I'm just going to openly campaign right now, maybe for the first time ever, if there's an award for ensemble cast, you know, we need to be considered because, you, you know, down to the to the people with one line in the movie, and and certainly including, you know. Tony Hale and Alia and Jake and uh, you know I mean it's it's a it's a brilliantly cast movie. Uh, there are ensemble awards at the SAG Awards and at the Critics Choice Awards. Right. Yes, I was actually. Well, I'm I'm sure you've been nominated for one at least for Up in the Air. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah. I, I've been part of films and and actually when when I did the closer all those years we we oh, seemed nice. to be we were we were a bridesmaid almost every year in that category. <laughs> <laughs> well, blame the office. Well, I guess you guys were in different categories. That's a comedy, but I just remember I remember like a, a certain cast of another comedy just being like, "Can't the office go off?" Yeah, right. The yeah. Air? <laughs> yeah, 
Please, come on. Come on, we've got to win no, one but of these. I mean, it's so interesting in this case because you do think of it, obviously, as, as such a star vehicle, and rightly so, for both Nicole and Javier. But uh, but it's it's just a, it's just a really, really great ensemble. Speaking of openly campaigning, I'm curious because, I mean, I, I often joke that you won so many awards for Whiplash that they had to make up new ones to just give you because it was it was just such a, a you know, a, a nonstop train throughout that season. What, looking back now, what was that like? Was it overwhelming? Did you enjoy it? Was it, you know, maybe both? Well, yeah. Um... Yeah, I, yeah, it was kind of both, and 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 because I, I, uh, you know, mostly because nobody really cared, and 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 also because I didn't, you know, I I never sort of worked on thrusting myself into that, you know, arena in the past. Um, it was, you know, it was a, a unique experience for me. It was a first for me, really, other than showing up at the SAG Awards every year to not get an ensemble award. Um, but the people that, that I, that I, you know, have known some that I've known for years and some that I met during that process, you know, everyone, you know, just kept telling me, dude, I mean, there's almost not an award out there that you're not going to get this year. I mean, clearly it's a, it's a, you know, it's a, whatever, an avalanche, a tsunami. It's a, you know, it's, 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 it's your turn, you know, it's, it's, they're all going to come your way. So, so I, I you know, I, I, I just kind of enjoyed the ride. And, yeah. and, and once I, once I established with the, with the studio that, uh, that, you know, I just wanted to include uh, Michelle and the kids as much as possible in, in all of the, you know, travels and the red carpets and this and that. And, uh, and we were, uh, you know, uh, able to, you know, to some extent, you know, make it kind of a, a family thing as well, then, uh, yeah, it was, it was absolutely, a, a <laughs> trying to think of a, a more, uh, God, where is Aaron Sorkin? Get that Sorkin with, thesaurus. With, with yeah. Adjectives, <laughs> come on. Uh, uh, you know, a, a positive, obviously, uh, uh, experience and, and one that I, that I was able to use because I did end up having so many opportunities to be up at a podium holding a yeah. trophy and giving a speech, you know, um, I, I got to, uh, to, uh, say different things, uh, that were important to me to say, like at the SAG awards, for example, you know, I, I, I and I never did write any of these speeches down. Mm -hmm. I just kind of, I just kind of came up with general ideas and, and, uh, and improvised, um, which sometimes worked well, uh, uh, sometimes much less so. I, as I recall, my speech at the BAFTAs was just stammering and stuttering and really? stupidity, which was like, oh, here I am, the idiot American up here, you know, <laughs> completely inarticulate and, uh, you know, unaware of or, or incapable of speaking the language. Um, but at the SAG Awards, I, you know, I kind of went on and on about how, hey, supporting actor, of course, supporting actor, we're all supporting actors. You know, we're all there to support each other. We're all there to support the playwright or the or the screenwriter or the you know, we're there to support the film and you know blah blah blah. And then and then you know, more famously, of course, at the at the Oscars, you know, that being the sort of culmination of the whole thing. Then that was the culmination of what I wanted to talk about, which was what's most important in life, which is 
family. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I do remember calling my mom after the Oscars. Thank you. And being like, well, he says I have to call. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm not going to disagree. <laughs> um, I always love for some reason to tell the story when, when people talk about, you know, being a fan of yours or, or loving your work, that the first time I ever interviewed you for, I believe the first time you ever put on the cover of a magazine of Backstage I, West, yeah. you, you couldn't find the Four Seasons which is like the Mecca of interviews and round tables <laughs> and Hollywood. Yeah. And look how far you've come. <laughs> well, I probably still would have to put it in my nav system, but uh, uh, it's not like I hang out there, but. <laughs> but you've been, you've probably been quite I've been. a few yeah, times I've been. now. I've been. I've yeah. Been. And in your defense, it's a weird street where it's, it suddenly goes from South to North. So, oh, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. But I just yeah. remember going like, this is so cool. He's so not Hollywood. He doesn't know where the Four Seasons is. <laughs> well, of course, these days when we go there, we, somebody's usually driving. Somebody who actually knows what they're doing is usually driving. So. <laughs> That's the other thing. You drove yourself. How cool is that? Yeah. <laughs> um, so I have to ask, because you do have this other movie coming out this year, and I know you can't talk about anything related to Spider-Man, um, even though I believe this will air after the movies come out. So if you do want to tell us everything that happens, that's fine. But it's so, it's so rare when you cameoed in um, Far From Home and came back as J. Jonah Jameson. I was trying to think of that, like, has ever been done where like a cast has changed, but they brought back, you know, an actor from not even like the last reboot, but the reboot before that. Right. Um, how did the they boot. Sort of, it wasn't even a reboot. It was the it was boot. The boot. <laughs> <laughs> How did they approach you about that? I mean, did you ever think you would be have to put on that mustache again? No, I, I, it was a complete surprise, and it was very short notice. I, I, I think, uh, I think the for the that first one, I, I think it was almost an afterthought on, on the part of the the studio and or John and you know whoever because uh, because the the film was done, and uh, and I got a call from uh, my wonderful agent Stephen. Hirsch saying, Hey, they want to talk to you about reviving your JJJ. And, and I went, I, I would love to have that conversation. And, you know, the next day there were, you know, five or so of us sitting at a table and, you know, somewhere on the Sony lot. And the next week we were shooting those, you know, quick little scenes and, and literally in somebody's office, uh, on the lot. And, uh, yeah, it was it, the only discussion was, you know, what about the, you know, the hair and the mustache and the cigar and this and that and the other thing. And, and uh, you know, I think they were more interested in in an evolution of the character. I was more interested in recreating, you know, being essentially the same guy. And, you know, we, we found that happy medium. And, uh, and, and you know, yeah, so here I am back as uh, as the good old JJJ. I, you know, obviously haven't seen the new movies, but it, it does feel like in that last clip in um, Far From Home, he may have gone in like a more, um, what's, I don't want to say Fox News direction, but a more sensationalistic direction. Well, it's just, it, it's only because, because uh, media has evolved so much. Yes. I mean, that's it, absolutely who this guy always was. It was, it was just, you know, before it was, you know, the, the ridiculous headlines or the, you know, the, the sort of, 
Um, yeah, I'm not going to make any direct comparisons, but, uh, <laughs> but, you know, I mean, before, you know, in the comic books and, and, and in the Sam Raimi movies, it was, it was about a newspaper and, and now it's about a, a, you know, a different medium. So, so really that to me is, is the only, uh, the difference. And it's, you know, of course the guy is going to take advantage of, of, uh, how's he going to get his message to the most people? Well, you know, it's not it ain't in a printed newspaper anymore. Mm -hmm. so. um, I think it's great that he's changed with the times. Uh, <laughs> yeah. 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 And he, he you know, I mean, sense. imagine how much less time it takes him to get ready in the morning. He's not putting on that toupee every day. <laughs> That's JK Simmons star of being the Ricardos now streaming on Amazon prime video. And that's it for this edition of Variety's Award Circuit Podcast. Drew Griffith edited this episode and Michael Schneider is the producer. Be sure to subscribe to the Award Circuit Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you download podcasts. Also, head over to Variety.com and click on the Award Circuit tab to find the latest Oscar predictions in key races, as well as your daily fix of news, analysis, and reviews. For Jazz Tanke, Clayton Davis, and Michael Schneider, I'm Janelle Riley. We'll see you on the circuit. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.